ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do You Call It Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? podcast i'm your host gb and today's guest is perhaps the future of british wrestling he's the violent gentleman tommy jackson how you doing today mate you all right not too bad on both plane um i appreciate it but yeah uh, no, i'm good man uh, how are you? Good to hear, mate. I'm not too bad. Just got a tattoo done to my knees. A bit gentle at the moment. If you do want to see it, it's on my Instagram. Cheap plug in the description below. Cool, cool. Uh, but no, I'm, uh, I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. We're going to have a fun conversation. Uh, we're actually going to talk about football for a bit because we're having a little okay. chat about it on Inst- um, on Twitter. And I discovered you support Everton. Yeah. Tell the listeners why you support Everton and how... Do you think you're going to do the season under Benitez? Um, well, it's it's a family thing. So obviously, me me dad is a, a massive Everton family. Granddad was head steward at Everton for a very long time, um, and yeah, they, they travelled all around Europe during the glory years of the eighties, seventies, and eighties, seeing us win all sorts. I personally have only seen us win one trophy in my lifetime, so you know I can't really uh, say that I've, I've had the best of times being an Evertonian, but. Um, you know, it's uh, I've been to a few good games away, and um, it's uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's a very dramatic lifestyle being an Evertonian. I've got to say, um, not very Imagine, many things to be about. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, ever since I can remember, it's been sort of instilled in me to to be uh, a massive Everton fan, and um, you know that's been passed on to my two young boys as well. My eldest has got a season ticket with Everton, uh, likewise myself, but unfortunately I can't get to it due to work commitments, etc. as much yeah. as I'd like to. Um, but, you know, I, I'll get to go quite a few games this season, um, especially like Monday games and Sunday games when I'm not wrestling, of course. And um, no, I'm, really, I'm looking forward to it. I think, as I say, you know, it's, it's been strange, you know, um, very much like not being able to wrestle on shows, not being able to go to matches is something that's been mm-hmm. really hard not to do during the last couple of years, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, how we do this year. You know, a lot of people are, are sceptical about Rafa's appointment and stuff with the, the Liverpool links. But, yeah. You know, when me, I saw that announced, I was just like, that's a brave decision. Like, you must have a, like a set on you, mate, to make that decision and to join. <laughs> Obviously, there were a few death threats that we received, but overall, we started off yeah. well. You know, you won the first game of the season. I uh, can't say that for the team that I support. And I think most listeners yeah. have... <laughs> Been there from the beginning of this podcast, know that I support Arsenal and things are a bit shit. I will talk about Arsenal in a minute, but I want to hear basically more what you're going to say about Evan. I think to the day for me, it's I've, ne- I've never really been one to be, like as you say, you know, there's been death threats and signs and mm. shit like that. You know, it's, I just think it's stupid. You know, at the end of the day, if the club are going to get somebody in that, you know, they believe can push us forward, great. You know, and as I say, and, until otherwise, you know, I think, you know, he, everyone was saying, oh, Ancelotti was the answer. You know, what good did it do as we finished 10th? So, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, that tells everything. And, and, you know, I know he's the draw and he can bring players in and, and things like that. But as I say, I think, you know, he was never going to stay. I think as soon as yeah. that opportunity arose... Until he realised you know, how difficult the Prem was. I mean, I know he's been before, but with Everton, where he didn't really have the squad that he had before... Yeah, and he sort of, in my, in, my, in my opinion, he sort of threw his toys out of pram, got a better offer, went around Madrid, been there, done that. You know, I mean, I can I see where he's coming from, but at the same time, if I was an Everton fan, I would be a bit pissed off. It's like, well, thanks for that. You know, you didn't improve the squad, you didn't redo really much of us. Um, also, he bought loads of players for loads of money, but we've got fuck all back in return. You know, and I, I, I like what I find with, with modern day football, especially. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's football fans are really fickle. Yeah. Um, and I use Jurgen Klopp as an example. Um, and as much as this pains me to say, you know, it took him six, nearly six years to win a Premier League title. Yeah. How many teams these days stay in the manager for that long and go through the tough times to come out 
yep. in the good, you know. And lost yeah, finals as well, the Champions League final, League Cup final, uh, Europa League final. That's it. That's it. And that's the thing is that, you know, you've got to have bad times to learn from them. Not everything yep. can be good straight away. And I think, as I say, you know, with Arteta, I think long term, he, he may have something there. I think he needs to be given time. Don't get me wrong, as I said before, I don't think he's been very wise in his spending. I'm not <laughs> sure if he has a director of football at Arsenal or I'm not, yeah. not too sure. On the, it's, it's a bit of a mess, like, with Edu and stuff. Yeah. Like, I want Arteta yeah. to succeed. Like, I think he has got an idea, but he's constantly making the same mistakes. And I think he's rewarding the wrong players. Like, for example, Xhaka, given the new contract and, you know, in the, a new contract to stay for another year, that's a bad decision, especially what he did to lose the captaincy. And it's just like a slap in the face. And he proved that he's basically couldn't perform the way he did in the Euros as he does for Switzerland. And first game of the season, he was shit again. I was like, that's the Xhaka that we all hate. It's just yeah, some yeah. little mistakes like that. It's, I think another thing that, that doesn't help, and, and this isn't a knock on um, you know, the lads that do it, but I mm-hmm. think it's an added thing. that The first thing I noticed after Friday's result for you guys was I went onto Twitter. The first thing I saw was, I can't wait for Arsenal fan TV. Uh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. No. <laughs> And it's not a knock on those guys, you know, because they work really hard to yeah. do what they do. But as I say, they, they do make it a bit of a laughing stock as far as, you know, I think there's a few, to be fair, that you know, the Goldbridge for United, he's another one. And um, See, I don't mind him. I think he's a tosser, but he's, he's, he is quite funny. And it's the same with the Arsenal fan TV. They're all, they all seem like nice blokes, you know, don't get yeah. me wrong. But I think when you, you, you look at it and you think, I personally would never film myself watching a match and, you know, put that out there. Yeah. Um, there's a, again, obviously being the bitter blue side, um, yeah. there's a lad from the red side and I, I don't know his name, but he gets a lot of stick on Twitter, um, especially after, you know, obviously our first derby win last season. Mm. It, was, uh, it was quite fun to watch him melt down and, um, you know, it, it, it's, that side of things is quite funny, but as I say, I, I just think, the way modern football is these days, you know, I think a lot of modern football teams lack leadership as well. Um, I think modern footballers are, are, are easy to spit the dummy out and want to push for a move if something isn't going right or they get told off or whatever it might yeah. be. You know, you go back to the 90s, early 2000s, and you have the likes of Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane, and even Alan Stubbs at Everton, you know, you had Gerard or Carragher or... Terry, you know, all these big personalities. They were characters, but they were leaders, you know. Yeah, you know, they'd hold you accountable if you were doing something wrong on the pitch. I think, you know, these days, if, if, for example, if Coleman goes to Rich Arlison and say, listen, you're not doing your job, he'll just spit his dummy out and ask for a transfer. Yeah. You know. He went up training and just, it's the leadership and like the discipline. It's just out the window these days. Like Harry Kane, the way he's been acting. Yeah, and again, don't get me wrong, I think a lot of Spurs fans will, will appreciate with, with Harry Kane's situation that he's realised now he's not getting any younger, he's mm-hmm. not won anything. And I think as a footballer of his pedigree and his class, he does need to move to progress. And I think, you know, because if you look at Spurs, say, for example, now they've got Nuno in charge. And, and, and Nuno's a great appointment. I think, you know, he can play some really, really I wanted him at Arsenal. Yeah, he's, he's a, he, I wanted him at Everton. Um, you were you close know, to getting as well, but, you know, I don't yeah, know what happened, it yeah. fell through. Well, again, it's one of those things that I see, you know, that now that they're in a very, very similar situation to what we are, in that yeah. we're, it's a blank slate and it's starting again. And I don't think Kane has that time to sit there and go, I can't wait for this rebuild, the four, five, six years to move on to, another, you mm. know, to, to try and see if, if we win anything. I've got to do something for my career now. And you can't believe him, you know, it's similar. And with the money that is being thrown at him, it's too good to pass up. And they proved on Sunday that they can do it without him. You know, they beat Man City, who are, you know, the the champions for fuck's sake. I mean, I know they did have a lot. They have players that are currently not in the squad at the moment, injured and, you know, returning. But still, to still beat Man City on the first day of the game, um, of the season. Yeah, I think for me, as I say, City at this moment in time are the best team in the world. Yeah. You know, 
yeah, fair enough, they've lost the Champions League final to Chelsea. But again, that's a one-game thing. You know, yeah. anything's happening. Then, and I'm not dissing Chelsea either. I think they've got their, their head screwed on as far as, you know, where they're going. You know, I think, you know, Simon Lukaku is a hell of a signing. Um, I think he is their missing piece to take them to that next yeah. level. I do think in the season, I really, really do. No, I agree. Uh, although I'm, I am joined the way Harry Kane's tweeting Spurs because, you know, that's shit. <laughs> so I'm loving it. And seeing them beat, seeing them beat City, I was like, can this weekend get any worse? Like, sake. Um, yeah, <laughs> honestly, man. But it's going to be an interesting season. You know, I hope Arteta does well. We have got signings. We have actually spent some money. Maybe we've overpaid for Ben White. Who knows? He might prove everyone wrong. It wasn't first game of the season. He was shocking. Like you, you wouldn't think he ever played in the Prem the way he played. There's no excuse. Well, to it. Yeah, yeah. And again, he wasn't great. As well. Nah. Yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, Brentford coming up, and I think you tend to find that the first five games of a, of a team that have come up, they either mm-hmm. have one or two moves. They're either dog shit and they don't do anything. Yeah. And you think, like, you found your level. Um, or they start to surprise a few teams. And and, they, and again, I don't mean this in any disrespect. I don't think Arsenal are the clubs they were. Um, no, no it's, like, it's, it's, it's not respect. It's, it's truth. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, the shock of what it was, I think any team who would have gone there on Friday probably wouldn't have got a result that they wanted. Mm-hmm. I think their tails were up. They were there to impress. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I think it was Carragher was on, was on commentary. He you said, would have thought he supported Brentford the way he was. Fuck me. <laughs> he was writing what he was saying. There was lack of fight. There was, you know, the out four years. They won every second ball. And they have that. But, you will see that diminish over the weeks. Yeah. You know, you'll no, start no, to see the... You would have honestly thought... By the thought... time you're second you'll yeah. probably beat them four or five nil. You know, th- yeah. there is that. You'll see that. You would have thought that Brentford and Arsenal would, like, other way around. Like, you would have thought Arsenal was yeah, a newly yeah. promoted team as opposed to Brentford. But fair play to Brentford. They played the hearts out. They were the better team. The crowd were magnificent at the end as well uh, with the manager going to the uh, to the young boy. You know, just that's what football is all about. And as an Arsenal fan, I still have to applaud yeah. that as a football fan. But um, I, I, I know most of my listeners are actually wrestling fans. So I apologise <laughs> for going on about the football. But as you can tell, I get excited about talking to football. I love it. And uh, Tommy is a big football fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going to kickstart the show after we kickstart it by talking about football. But we're going to talk about yeah. wrestling, and that yeah. is one of the main reasons I did get you on here because you are a pro wrestler. But before you did become a pro wrestler, I actually want to go back to the beginning and I want to find out okay. basically what influenced you into loving professional wrestling. Um, well, as far back as I can remember, um, I've, I've always loved pro wrestling. This might show me age a little bit, but this was back in the day when Sky One was free. Um, so this was... Um, <laughs> I think it was Superstars on a Saturday on mm-hmm. Sky One. And you had Jake the Snake, Ultimate Warrior, um, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, you know, the... And that's that's where I, I sort of got my fix. And I've somewhere um, in one of my parents' houses, I've got um, a slam buddy of Jake the Snake. Um, oh, that's mate. If it's in good condition, they are worth some money now. I know. I don't have the box, unfortunately, and it's ah. very uh, very <laughs> worn out because of all the wrestling I used to do. So it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was well well fought with. I think. Uh, that's probably the best way I can describe it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, destroying them and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that that was where I sort of initially sort of watched it as a, as a youngster, and then mm-hmm. uh, I got to sort of like eight or nine, and I sort of didn't see it for a couple of years. Um, my auntie had this, and it was just as the attitude era was like really starting to pick up. Yeah. Um, so my auntie used to record Monday Night Raw and drop it off at my house every week. So oh, I used to watch that. Yeah, that's cool. We didn't have Sky, so it, it was, you know, she used to do that every Friday. Every Friday, she'd drop it off after work and, and I'd watch it mm. on the weekends and probably watch it three or four times, you know, the same yeah. thing. That's wicked, um, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, but yeah, so it, I really, really started getting back into it again. Um, probably when I was about nine or ten. Um and one particular moment, uh, again, I'm sure we'll discuss this uh, in, in a little bit, um, sort of who my favourite wrestlers are. 
um, yeah. and stuff like that. But um, it was, if you remember, quite an infamous episode of Raw when Chris Jericho challenged Triple H to a match, and then it yeah, got yeah, 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 there as well, yeah, yeah. So it was that one in particular. Um, so that I, I was like, wow, this is unreal. Um, and yeah, I was, I was just hooked again from there, and I've literally, I don't think I've had a sort of where I've not at least looked at the results and stuff since yeah. that time. I've always been sort of interested in some way that the product these days, not so much, but you know, I still have a look and see what's going on, and yeah, but I just don't have the time to be a full, full-time worker, training. It does get harder, like, you know, you're not just going to sit there and watch AEW and then WWE, and then Impact. I mean, if you do, fair enough. If you squeeze it in your lifetime, that's great. But I, I, even I struggle. I mean, I work from home, but I still like to do other things as well. But that moment that you just mentioned, by the way, the Triple H and Chris Jericho moment in War, I think it was like April or May 2000. Yeah, the APA. The crowd is going fucking nuts when he wins. Obviously, the loses, uh, yeah. and then he gets reversed. And then they just pretty much did it to test the water, see if like Jericho can be, you know, a main event, a true one, because they sort of been on and off of him. But that moment, you know, and then he feud up Triple H, and then that feud was brilliant. And I'm not going to talk about Chris Jericho's career, by the way, don't worry. Um, as you just mentioned, is he is Chris Jericho your guy then? It's it's funny. I, I, I knew you were going to say that, um, and it's actually not. It's Triple H. Oh, fair play, fair play. And fair one. Me, yeah. The reason why um, was because of his actions later on that night and how he uh, he was very smart in the way he said, as long as you're a WWF official, no yeah. one's going to lay their hands on you. And then he fired Bill Hebner and beat And that, for me, was like, that is so smart, like, yeah. how he's done that. Um, and all my friends who were into it were all Stone Cold fans, were all Rock fans, you know, Undertaker fans. And... I just found myself gravitating towards Triple H purely mm. because there was DX, there was, and, and how cool they were. Because again, I, I, I missed a lot of the Shawn Michaels, Triple H early DX stuff. And so yeah. I, I rewatched it, you know, um, and I've rewatched it now. And, and, you know, that was just as entertaining, if not more entertaining. But at that particular time, you know, you had those four with Stephanie, and then it was just, yeah, they were just the cool bad guys mm. and I think you know I just gravitated towards him and, and he's just yeah for me like you know when people say who would you like to have an hour to sit down in a room with and talk with to sit, pick their brains it'd be Triple H I mean Triple H in 2000 yeah. was untouchable like the matches and feuds you had with Mick yeah. Foley Jericho The Rock Austin Benoit uh, sorry Angle and just oh mate he was just untouchable red hot and then obviously got his injury. I, I still think he was still brilliant, but I still think a little bit of step. Lost a little bit of step. But Triple H is one of the all-time greats. I know he's been a cup of tea sometimes, but I, I, I do really like him. But I'm always a Shawn Michaels guy. I grew up in the Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart days. And I was so devastated about Montreal. And, you know, just I, I was just like, what happened? My brother had to explain to me. And I didn't really get it still because I was only a kid. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, that, that was sort of the period where I, I sort of skipped out and missed it. So yeah. I, I only sort of watched all that stuff sort of probably in the last 10 years. You know, mm. I, I had heard about it and stuff. But um, yeah, as I say, sort of the last 10 years of obviously having the network and stuff, where I've been able to go back and, and really sort of watch it and, and see it develop. And um, as I say, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I sort of missed that sort of style of wrestling but at the same time I think I joined at the right time I still that's still the hottest period of yeah I think sort of mid last last quarter of 1999 where Triple H Mm. sort of was becoming the man yeah was like the transformation to the game you know the cerebral assassin and all that yeah that he was (laughs) nah he was he was awesome man um so we've just talked about your pleasure being your influence and how you discovered pro wrestling and you felt like basically your early days of loving it. When did you decide that you want to become a pro wrestler? Um, I think it's always been there for me as far as like what I've always wanted to do it. And then <laughs> things have always just sort of got in the way. Um, 
And so I left school and I was really thinking about trying to do it. And then I went to college, did music and sort of got into bands and stuff. And that was taking up a lot of my time. And yeah. um, I sort of met my now wife, you know, and work and, and things like that. So it never really happened for me unless it's had two kids and things. And it just seemed to be that, you know, you use the excuse of, oh, I've not got the time. Yeah. Um, and Brian Adenson, who you had on a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. um, he's a, my closest friend, my best mm. friend. And Big shout out to um, Brian Adenson. He's a boy. Big shout out to Brian. Great guy. And he was working a show uh, in a town just over from us. Yeah. And at the time, well, again, it'll sort of, I'll have to backtrack a little bit here. Um, so my youngest son has a severe bleeding disorder called haemophilia. And so it basically means that his blood doesn't clot on its own. So we have to give him treatment to sort of yeah. get him to have normal levels, just like me and you. Um, and basically me and my wife started a clothing brand to raise money for the charity. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Basically, I spoke to, I spoke to uh, Steve, well, Brian, sorry, uh, Kayfabe and all that, um, about wearing one of our products to one of his matches. So we were, we gave him a T-shirt, he come out to a match with it on and, and um, we got to sell some of our merchandise there and, and things like that. And um, I got basically speaking to the trainer and he said, well, you know, if you, if you ever want to come down, these are when the sessions are. And yeah, you know, that was, I was, how old was I? 29. Mm-hmm. So just under, it was around two years ago, but obviously with pandemic, mm-hmm. it's my sort of time really is, is still only quite new. I'm still quite new to the business as far as so being did you? I mean, so, I mean, so did you actually make your like well, start the training in the pandemic or before the pandemic? Just before, yeah. So I started oh, this lucky man. Yeah, literally. So I started in the July of 2019. Yeah. Um, and then I had my first match in the October um against a guy called Christy Quinlan, um, who is now part of my faction my group um, nice. so I had my first match with him uh, in the October and then had my last match in the March and then everything stopped so I was only really active for sort of five or six months before mm-hmm. the pandemic hit um, so it was it felt like I was doomed to you know, it's, to not, it's not meant to happen yeah. Yeah. Uh, man like that I mean the pandemic itself like America, in terms of being a wrestler, if you're in America, it wasn't you weren't too badly affected. You could still do shows, but in the UK, especially yeah. England, we were fucked for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not myself because I'm not a wrestler, but in general, like in terms of our freedom and what we can do, and you know, we're just so limited. And I think yeah. uh, there was tears and all that crap. But when did you have your first match after the pandemic? Uh, it was literally about three, four weeks ago. Nice. Um, so a company called Wrestle Island, which is mm-hmm. based in Birkenhead, which is only not too far from where we are. Um, yeah. And basically they, they reached out to me and said, we've got a, a there's a fun day going on and we're, we're, we've been asked to put a show on. Would you be free to work it? Um, well, initially I said, do you need any help on the day for the ring crew or whatever you needed? And Pete, the owner said, uh, well, if you want, we've got space, come and work it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got, got in there uh, against a young girl called Harley Hudson, who's again local to our area. Um, again, absolute great worker. Um, she's literally the future of, of British wrestling. Um, she's, again, me, me working in intergender match is something that I've never done before. Yeah, I was going to ask, um, I know some people, and I have asked a few people, but yeah. you know, if it's done right, that's it. And I think, you know, it, it's, it wasn't something that I ever envisioned myself doing. Yeah. Um, because of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's even my wife, she was a bit uh, about yeah. it. Um, I can understand that. But, by, by the way, what, what was your wife's first reaction to you basically being a wrestling fan and being a wrestler? Like, I, I don't really hear about it a lot, but I'm quite interested. Being into wrestling, she was quite into herself when, well, not she wasn't she wasn't a wrestler fan prior to us being together. Like we've been together nearly 
13 years, so we've been together since we were quite young. Yeah. Um, so, was uh, I remember one night we were we were sitting in a, a room and we had Spike TV on and uh, TNT uh, TNA come on, um, and I was like, "Do you mind if I watch this?" And she was like, "Oh, what is it?" And I said, "Oh, it's, it's wrestling." Um, she was like, "Yeah, sure," um, and she really got into it. Um, nice. And it was the really cool period where it was. Um, and I always think about the tag matches. So it was Motor City Machine Guns versus Beer Money um, versus Young Bucks when they were Generation B. And it, it was that sort of cool period. Yeah. Um, the ring was still there and, and stuff. So it was quite a good sort of period to get into TNA because WWE was going through a bit of a, a lull similar to where they are now. Um, and it, it was that was a great alternative to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she fancied Chris Saban and Alex Shelley, so that, that <laughs> helped. Um, so, you know, it, it, uh, it made it easier for her to, to enjoy it, I guess. So, um, Make sure he's not yeah, one of so, the shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if I'm ever working a show with them, if I'm ever lucky enough to work a show, she won't be coming. Um, so, um, but yeah, it, it was sort of that period. But as far as me becoming a wrestler, um, you know, she's been fantastic she's she's encouraged me to do what makes me happy um and i think that's really important because it's you know she hates it but she encourages me to do it i think it's we recorded a a, a sort of a a vignette not not so long ago Um, um she 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 was a part of that she was the barmaid in the the vignette so Mm. um you ever get a chance head over to Twitter and, and, and beautiful um, so again she, she is very very encouraging and, and she likes the fact that I've found something that I'm so passionate about yeah. but she hates the fact that I come home with bumps and bruises and you know all that yeah. sort of stuff and I think that's natural as a human to yeah. you know, I mean if you didn't care you might be slightly concerned <laughs> come back broken you know, bones oh is that it <laughs> yeah a little bit worse than that, you know. Find your head hanging off, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, she, she's uh, she's fantastic. No, that's awesome, man. Um, so I, I may have skipped a little bit, but I want to talk about your training. Um, because we were still yes. we did kind of brush over a little bit, but I actually want to ask you what are some of the biggest challenges of your training? Um, I think initially, um, because I haven't done any form of sort of working out for a good couple of years. Yeah. Um, prior to getting my first session, so I was carrying quite a bit of extra weight, and um, it, it, it was it was quite difficult because I, I remember um, the first session I had was like a mat session, so it wasn't in a ring; it was just purely um, sort of cardio drills and basic lockups and um, rolls and, and, and stuff like that. So the first thing we got to do with something called 10 up, 10 down, um, which is 10 squats, 10 press-ups, 9 squats, 9 press-ups, 8 squats, eight, and you basically work your way down to zero. I and, applaud you for doing this, by the way, but not for me. No, this is just hurting my knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it was a wake-up call. Yeah. And I think with pro wrestling, if that's your introduction and... I walked out of that session and literally no word of a lie for a week until the next session, I had to walk down my stairs backwards. <laughs> so I shouldn't be laughing at your pain, but you're right now, so I can laugh. <laughs> it was, my legs had never been in so much pain. Like, it was next level. But I think the a lot of people at that point yeah. would be like, nah. I tried me. it. No, not for me. Yeah. Um, and I've seen people, you know, they come to training, they do one session and they go, oh, yeah, we'll see you next week and you never see them again. Um, for me, I couldn't wait to get back. It's through all the pain that I was going through. I just couldn't wait for the next session. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah, the, the training can be quite intense. Um, it, it's – I always find it really, really funny when – you know, when people ask me, oh, oh, what do you do? You know, and I go, oh, I'm a pro wrestler. And they go, isn't that the fake stuff? And I hate that. I hate that. 
it's not even so much because I, I get it. Like it's yeah, it's fake. It is, you know, it's produced. It's a it's a show. It's but when it's when people say, well, you can learn how to fall. Yeah, you can, but it still hurts. Mm-hmm. And when when people don't get that, that's what pisses me off. Yeah, I can um, imagine, mate. The whole thing, like you know, you see online, like uh, when like Sports Bible, for example, you know, put something on their page. Yeah, and like, the comments, "Oh, why are you posting this fake shit?" Oh, men in yeah, spandex. I'm, I'm just like, fuck off, mate. Yeah, Go say it to his I face. Exactly. That's the thing. No one would walk up to Roman Reigns and say, what you do is fake, because yeah. he would absolutely kill him in a punch. You know, yeah. it, it, it's one of those things that I think that pro wrestlers don't get the respect they deserve. And I think more so these days, you look at guys like Chris Ridgway, um, even my opponent in a couple of weeks, James Reed, he's, you know, these guys, and even Brian, you know, he's got a black belt and crafty, and, and these are guys that are really, really, you know, they know their stuff. Like, if they want to choke you out, they'll choke you out. You know, if, if they want to break your arm in an armbar, they will break your arm in an armbar. They know how to do this stuff. You yeah. know, it, it's... I don't think that, that pro wrestling as a sport gets the respect it deserves. Um, and until you've tried it, don't knock it. Oh, mate, I, I respect anyone does it. And I have mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Like, I have done one day of training at Dropkicks Academy and I accepted it wasn't for me but I respect anyone, any single person, any female, male don't go, what race you are whatever, get in the ring to do it for a living, fucking respect you because it's not easy, like I'm not trying to go in a rant or anything you know, like this is my moment to shine but honestly, like it's, that's what winds me up when people say, oh it's fake, like it's not like yeah, it's predetermined, like yeah they go for the spots, yeah. they know what's going to happen but what they yeah. do in the ring with their bodies but at the end of the day, your body is your career. You know, it's your money maker. It's it was you when people say it's fake. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like they tell draws it's fake. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what an unfortunate for him. But and you know, I think it's not everyone. And I think that when I sit down and and admit, like my full time sort of job is I'm a team manager in a contact centre. So it's again, luckily, work from home. Thank. But you know, like my team are like really supportive and they, they ask me questions and like, okay, so what does this you know, how do you do yeah. this and how do you do that? How do you know who wins it? And and I'm all I'd rather someone say that to me. Yeah, than that's be like, fine. Oh, that? you know, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I do genuinely think that is ignorant, but you know, we we've, we've had our rant, but for some I like the way you sort of still can keep your composure when you see shit like that online when lad bibles yeah. by whatever but it is frustrating so i'd like to talk to you about your upcoming matches i think you did mention it just before we went on the rant because uh, i know you've got a busy month yeah. a couple of busy months ahead so i'd like to discuss first wrestling for tnt extreme i, I seem to be getting talking to a lot of you guys at the moment uh brian uh mike angus the announcer and yourself now so let's basically you this is where you're going to face off against james reed who you just mentioned what can you expect from you? Um, from me or from Tommy Jackson? Um, I think. Hold on. Who yeah. is the violent gentleman, Tommy Jackson? I think that's a better, better way to sort of start. Yeah. It. Um, Tommy Jackson is someone who is the polar opposite of who I am as a person. Um, I am the friendliest guy you will ever meet. I'll talk with anyone. Um, I am a jokester. I, I'm not. I, I don't take anything serious whatsoever. Tommy Jackson is a mean, horrible bastard. That's the only thing you can sort of say. Um, he has an idea of the way that the world and pro wrestling should be. He will hurt you in so many different ways uh, that you can think of. He's just, yeah, just an overall, just a nasty bastard. That is who the violent gentleman, Tommy Jackson, yes. is. Because I'll, right? <laughs> I'll be honest, mate. I'll be honest. When, um, because I think when I uploaded the episode with Brian and I saw you retweeted it and quoted it and gave me a compliment, and I looked at your profile, I was like, he looks like he'd fuck me up. <laughs> and then he actually said, I've been a really nice guy. So I think I've just smashed Cave a little bit, but. That's cool, man. Oh, that's fine. 
No, that's cool. I was just like, oh, yeah, really cool. He's like, oh man, everyone up knows great. <laughs> well, Mitch went down the south, honestly, which is <laughs> for the southern <laughs> listeners. I still love you guys, but it's true. The northerns are happier, despite what we call them, dirty northern bastards. That is not true. Anyway, back to page three. <laughs> Sorry, uh, back to page three. One, uh, are you looking forward to us in for TNT Extreme? I, I think, yeah, um, it, it, it's, oh, well, thank, uh, I have to thank Jay Actor for giving me the opportunity. I think, you know, it, it's such an exciting opportunity for myself, you know, being still relatively new to the business and, you know, developing this character of, of Tommy Jackson. Because, um, again, like, when I initially started, this violent gentleman thing was, wasn't even in my thought line. Um, this character developed from something my wife suggested. So this was sort of mid-lockdown. This was, I was sat at home and I wasn't even thinking about, do I go back? You know, am I going to want to go back when this is all over? And again, yeah. it was, my wife suggested going down the route of, of a particular way. Again, I won't get into it because this, this was bare bones. Um, but it developed into something that, you know, I can really get my teeth into and, and, and become the person I am. And, you know, with the vignettes and, and putting together the faction that I've got now, and um, it, it give it a whole world, a whole its own world. You yeah. know, its own story. It you know what you're going to get from Tommy Jackson, um, and as I say, being able to bring that to life on such a big stage quite early on in my career. I mean, wow. You know, I've got to grasp it with both hands and and. You know, if if this goes well, yeah. this could take me to places that I couldn't even dream of. You know, even TNT is a place that I couldn't even dream of six months ago. You know, even six weeks ago. You know, this, this wasn't, TNT wasn't even in my sight lines. Yeah. I was hoping to build this up, you know, through through Wrestle Island. That's not a knock on Wrestle Island because I can't wait to get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but TNT it is, is another level, I think. They have so much um, at the moment with the talent that they yeah. well not so much bring in before the pandemic, but they still have the talent after the pandemic, yeah. and that you know that says a lot. Obviously, yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about them, and I do want to go watch TNT. I'm not afraid of up north, by the way. Well, Actually, with Liverpool last year. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I've been to a lot of different places, but Liverpool yeah. is still the best city. I love it. it, it, it there isn't a better city for me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't it, go that but far, again. <laughs> I think as I say, yeah, with, with TNT and, and the opportunity I got there, I think if me and James, because we're such a, a styles clash, mind the fun, um, it's gonna make for a very interesting match. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who have yet to see what I can give and also what James can give, I think, you know, mm-hmm. they're in for a pleasant surprise of, of you know, depending on how much time we have, could be a very, very interesting match. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very excited for that opportunity. What would you say your style is then? Um, I think as far as, you know, it's still, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Mm. But initially, um, lots of horrible holds. Um, anything that looks painful, I think, as far yeah. as, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's going to, get up the top rope and flip. I'm not anything like that as far as jumping through the ropes or, you know, I, I won't do big, you know, um, dives. Or 50s just for the sake of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm not that guy. You know, I'm very much get to the ground, strikes, stomps, you know, anything that looks awful as far as, you know, if it's going to inflict pain on someone, that's what I want to do. A bit like um, Orton, if that makes sense. A bit yeah, like Randy yeah, Orton. Yeah, yeah. Like it yeah, isn't necessarily the prettiest, the but people I, people forget like just how fucking good he is. Like he may not like you. I think you just summed up in your like in your way to stop your style. Like you don't have to be four fifties and Tope dies every single fucking match. You know, you, you have to tell a story. Yeah, that's it, and and that is my. You know, I'm never going to be guy that's going to put on five star matches. Mm-hmm. But if from when I walk through that curtain to when I go back through the curtain, if the fans go, wow, 
he's just told a story. Yeah. I'm happy. That's what I'm about. And, you know, I wouldn't have a gimmick if I didn't want to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know, I could go in there and, and do the, you know, because again, my ideal of, of who I wanted to be when I first started pro wrestling was, well, strong, strong style is good these days. So I'm going to do the strong style thing. Yeah. Just because it was cool. Mm-hmm. Where now I have a road ahead of where I see this character going and who I want to be as a person and as a, as a wrestler whilst retaining who I am as a person. You know, it, it's I've got to think of my strength. What I can do as a 31-year-old man who yeah. isn't, you know, you know, who has knee pain and back pain and, and, and things, and I've got to know where my limits are. But if I can push those limits that little bit more whilst not hurting myself, that's where I need to be. That's the comfort zone for me. Um, and I know what I need to do to get there. Oh, good, man. I like that. Like, the way you explain things as well. Like, it's not just, like, you know your limits, but you're not going to do these 450s because everyone else is. I, I like the way you explained it. It was it was pretty good. Um, I know you're going to be appearing for Wrestle Island, where you have mentioned, and, you know, you said you spoke quite high of them. Uh, what do they have uh, planned for you uh, on that show? Oh, well, um, that sort of remains to be seen. Um, uh, I, I know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to ruin the surprise. Um, oh, okay, okay. Um, you know, there's a few possible ways that I could show up. So, I mean, I, I, I know, can PayPal you right now if you tell me. Give you five <laughs> five quid. Go on. <laughs> I, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you once the cameras are off. Um, <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, what I will say is that if you're interested in seeing Tommy Jackson and, and some surprises, then, you know, get, get to Wrestle Island. Yeah, get your tickets. Um, again, cheap plug. Um, nice. But it's, yeah, it, it's very, all I'll say is it's, it's a very, very exciting time to be Tommy Jackson right now. Nah, sweet man. And another show that I did see you promoting as well, uh, a match for Halloween for UK HWA. Because Halloween's right at the corner. Like this year is literally flying by. Are you looking, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name and I feel really bad. Uh, I'm going to try. Tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I could get you to snip, but it won't be as fun, will it? Uh, is it Valkabishes? Oh. Valkabishes? Valkabishes. Fuck's sake, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> MVK. 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 Thank you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the right dickhead. No, it's a good thing. This isn't. <laughs> right. So, um, if he, if you're going to share this and he does listen to this episode, I'm so sorry, mate. Like, I'm from Essex. Like, we, we don't go to school. Um, <laughs> so, so, so sorry, mate. Um, I forgot to say now. Are you looking forward to wrestling around those spooky times? Uh, I am indeed. Yes. Um, and it's going to be a bit of a different dynamic to. Again, all the things I've just described because mm-hmm. MVK is such a uh, well. Again, yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen pictures of him, but he is a mountain of a man. Yeah, I, I saw that. He, he could fuck me up as well. Like three thousand weeks. He'd be able to fuck you up and all of your friends. You know, he, he's, a, <laughs> he's a big dude. Um, you know, and I think as I say, it's. I forget sometimes how big I am. I'm, I'm 62, you know, um, nearly sort of 15 stones. I'm quite quite a big guy myself, and but you know he's muscle on muscle. So mm. what's going to be interesting is me going in as a not a straight up heel, but not a face, mm-hmm. and him being the heel is going to be a very very interesting dynamic. And I think the big thing to again without ruining any surprises for that show or what they've got planned. You know, initially, if, if if we're facing off against each other, if if we were in the street and we had him on one side, me on the other, a hundred percent. If someone said, "I'm you've got a hundred pound free bet, who's going to win in a fight between those two? You're going to put it on MVK every single time. Even <laughs> I put my own hundred pounds on MVK. You know. <laughs> um, but that's the joys of pro wrestling. Is you know you go through the you know the history of, of Rey Mysterio versus the Giant, Rey Mysterio versus Kevin Nash. You've got Rey Mysterio versus the Big Show. You've got just Rey Mysterio against anyone really. Yeah, 
Nothing is needed. But, you know, even the likes of, you know, Kofi against Brock Lesnar, you, you know, fair enough. That went Fuck as you me. expected it. State of that, man. Sorry. Oh, but... it was awful. Um, no, I agree. I agree. But the good thing about pro wrestling is that you have that dynamic of, yeah, he's a big dude, but I know as you're going to power me, you're going to mm-hmm. outpower me, you're going to. You're going to throw me around like a ragdoll. You're going mm-hmm. to beat me up. The one thing that I have to be to be able to ensure that I can beat you is smarter than you. That's it. You've got you to if, I can outsmart, if I can outsmart MVK on that night, I'm winning. I've already won. Well, I've just got to use my head. That's, the, that's what I'll leave it as for now. I love it, man. You've got so much psychology. It's great. It's awesome, man. Um, as we're coming to the end, that was a notification, by the way, for the uh, interview. That's supposed to be at 10, but we changed the times. So in case anyone was on that noise, was it's not my Facebook. It's the notification for the alarm for 10 o'clock. Anyway, I, over, I talk a lot sometimes. That's why I run a podcast. Anyway, so you talked about having your own faction. Um, I don't think we really talked about it too much. Uh, can you please explain what's the name of your faction and who's in the faction? Yes. Um, so again, this is sort of stemmed from the idea of the violent gentleman. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a couple of guys that have been training with us for a few years who have wanted to team with, as I say, Christy Quinlan was uh, a guy who I had my first match with. And, and believe me, he got me through that match. If, if I wasn't in there with him, I, I, it was terrible anyway, you know, yeah. from my part. Um, and he literally talked me through everything because my mind went black. I literally did not know what I was doing. Um, he told me every spot I needed to do. He told me where I needed to be. And without him, I would not have got through that first match. Um, but again, he's not even 18 yet. And for the level he's at already, he's going to surpass me very quick he's already passed me as far as his level of mm. he's unreal and i'm purely just the guy that came up with the idea so it's my group <laughs> <laughs> my group um, tough shit but again they're they're benefiting from you know me having connections with with tnt and, and wrestle island and uh, HWA and one other promotion that I can't say just yet, but it will happen. Um, yes. You know, very exciting stuff. Um, the second member is a guy called Casey Payne. Um, mm-hmm. Again, um, people have, have been sleeping on Casey for, for a long time, just like the same Christy. He is as tall as me, bigger than me, but can move like a cruiserweight. He is unreal in the ring. He yeah. puts on matches that I sit there and, and it blows my mind how good he is. Um, and when I was thinking about people who I could bring in, um, me and Christy were sat talking and we, we both thought of Casey. And mm-hmm. I reached out to him and I said, listen, if you're interested, this is the plan. Um, and if it sticks this is going to send us to places that we couldn't imagine ever getting. Um, because I do honestly believe that it's that good what's coming. Um, again, I can't reveal too much, but yeah, I think as far as what is going to happen and, and the opportunities we've been given, it's a very, very exciting time. Um, but the group itself is called the Violent Gentleman Society. Um, I, I wanted it. to move away from the, from the club aspect um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah man and that's what you know society is a way of life it's mm-hmm. a group of people with the same ideology it's the, it's the collectiveness of you know i don't want to say cult but you know something of that mm, a bond is like. very yeah there's a bond it's a family it's a brotherhood it's the closeness we all have the same goal and that is you know, we all want to be the best, whether it be singles matches, tag team matches, six-man tag team matches, whatever it might be, we want to be the best. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but 
we're going to aim and work hard hey. to ensure. Why not? Why not? Why is it not going to happen? Why not? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> I don't uh, want to hear uh, that negative. Uh, <laughs> I, I, again, I think for me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm quite a modest guy, you know. Yeah, no, okay, man. I get it. I'm just, I'm just like this. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never too. I, I do sort of always put myself down, but as mm. I say, it, it's, it's one of those things that you know I'm getting better at because of I'm able to. I'm not going to say hide behind the character, but I can be more confident being. Tommy Jackson, rather than just being me in a set of tights, you know, it, yeah. it's a different level. Um, you can almost—it's almost like wearing a mask. It's like wearing a rain stereo mask, and you can sort of hide that. Where now it's taken me to. As soon as my music hits, my mindset flips, and I am that person. And as I say, with these two buddies behind me, or well, next to me. It is going to be something very, very special. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, as I say, people are there to see it. Great, man. I'm looking forward to seeing it when you boys come down to the South as well. I haven't actually watched any live wrestling since the pandemic. And I've only just watched my first game of football, actually, and uh, went to a festival. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very messy. Yeah. But it was very good. Uh, to wrap up this interview, because it's been very, very fun, I feel like I've got to know a lot more about you. And I think back and forth, we've had a good chat as well. I normally ask something boring, like, who's your, what's your dream opponent? I'm going to assume Triple H, maybe, or what's your favourite match so far. But I want to ask something different. I want you okay. to pick a, your five-a-side Everton squad of all time. Okay. Past and present. Okay. I mean, to be fair, it's not going to be many present. Maybe a Wobie? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, again, no disrespect to Alex, but unfortunately, he wouldn't make it in the top 50. Um, the best bits of transfer, by the way. Arsenal did get 40 million from that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, we're still going to struggle. Right. So, so I'm going to say the goalkeeper. Oh, it's tough for five aside. Um, I think in goalkeeper, I, I think I'm going to have to say Tim Howard. Oh, no, Neville Southall. I'm going to say Neville Southall. Fair play. Um, I think as far as, like, goalkeeper, he was very underrated. Yeah. Um, he was, even for his size towards the last stages of his career, when he moved on to Bradford and played like that, he, he was still an absolute machining goal. He was a cat. You know, he might have been sort of 20 stone, but he was jumping around again. He, he's <laughs> one of those guys that was so agile and, yeah. you know, Hitting the top corner, he, he, he was just you know swatting them away. So I'd, I'd say Neville Southall, yeah. Wicked. So we've got the goalkeeper sorted. Uh, two defenders, or it's up to you if you want to go two defenders, or you can go for three midfielders. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one defender, two midfielders, and attacker. Go for it. So my defender would be Leighton Baines. Good answer. Underrated player. Yeah, very underrated. Um, purely because of how good he was. Um, mm. I think, you know, I could have picked the centre half, and that there's loads that, you know, yeah. even now, I've got high hopes for Ben Godfrey, and um, he's going to be definitely the future of He's Arsenal. coming along quite nice, nice man, Ben Godfrey. I wonder yeah. about Arsenal. Oh, he's a, he's a great little player. Um, but yeah, I think just as far as like longevity and, and, and his commitment to the club. You know, he had an opportunity to go to United a couple of times. Yeah, you know, yeah. Really you know, so. um, but yeah, I, I'm going to say Leighton Baines. Nice, nice. And two midfielders. Two midfielders um, played together in the same team. Um, and again, this was a team that I sort of grew up with. Um, one of them is going to be Tim Hale, just purely because... It was, I really liked him, man. Great player. Um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the classy player. He wasn't someone that was gonna you know pay, play a thirty yard pass, but he could out jump anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the name Skippy for the obviously the Australian league, but just purely because of how high he could jump. You know, he, he was great in the air, and yeah. you know, if he was in the box and there was a cross coming in, nine times out of ten he was on the end of it. Didn't you know, take shit either. Well, no, that's it. And, this was when Duncan Ferguson was on the pitch. He was out jumping Duncan Ferguson nine times out of ten, you know. And yeah. Um, it's yeah. But the other midfielder, who to this day 
and you're probably going to disagree with me. Phil Neville? No. <laughs> he was not bad at you. He was right. But for me, he was one of the best midfielders I've ever seen live. And it's Mikel Arteta. He was quality forever. And when he came to Arsenal, despite not being that young, I was still happy to have him. But yeah. I really like Arteta as a player. Again, like, my favourite player of all time is Zidane. Like, mm. I just love the way he just floated around the pitch. And I'm not saying Arteta was the same level as Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> you will get some in the comments right now just for this statement. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but Arteta was the closest thing in the sense of the way, when he got the ball, he seemed to collide with it. And he, could, yeah. he didn't overcomplicate his play. He played a nice little four or five yard pass and move on and do his job and he kept the ball rolling and moving and you know he scored some really important goals for us and was just, a yeah, as well. he was just an all-round. Yeah, he was he was a solid midfielder and as I say, I think yeah, Kale and Kale and Arteta, I'd, I'd have them as my midfield. Quite like this team so far, to be fair. I don't think for Evan. Uh, let's go <laughs> with the last two, and that's we need two strikers. Mm. I'm going to say... Marcus Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, again, another player that he asked, I felt his need to move on was, was the right time for him. Um, he could have done it a little bit classier, you know, but yeah. again... That's football. I, I think I'm going back to what we said at the beginning, that's football day and age. Like, there's no loyalty. Yeah, you know. It's football, you know. It, it's the thing for me is that if a, a, a rival company, you know, in the industry that you work in, came to you, offered you double the money, double the bonuses, awards, you know, all these things, uh, I'd have the money. <laughs> yeah. you go, you? The job is exactly Sell my soul like that. Yeah, exactly. You know, the job's exactly the same as what you're doing right now, but you're getting double the money, double the opportunities. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's they're human beings, and they've got. Well, it could like have been them. any other club, but <laughs> but yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then his partner. Ugh. Duncan Ferguson? I was gonna say I was gonna say Rooney, but it's you know for what he did for Manchester United, you know you could argue and say if we did, if we did like yes. the Prem, like you know yeah. five aside, then I'd understand yeah. that. But I don't. Um, this is your team; you can choose whoever you want. But I'm just I'm annoying. Yeah. I like to. I'm gonna have to say, you know, I, I'm gonna say, and it's probably gonna surprise you people because he only stayed for one season. Um, and you're not going to like this. Gary Lineker. Ah, oh, Tossa. Big head for it. Yeah, there is. I'm a joking Lineker. I love you. I love walkers to this day. <laughs> we all love walkers. Um, I think, as I say, you know, it was, it, was slight, it was slightly before. Do you know what? In fact, no, Lineker and his Chris can fuck up. I'm going to say something about Um... Yeah, Duncan Ferguson, I think just purely because of the legend that he is. And yeah. again, he wasn't someone who was going to get yet 30 goals a season. Mm. But I wouldn't like to play against him. No, I like, I like squads. We've got Southall, Baines, Arteta, uh, Cahill, Lukaku, and Ferguson. So I just count six then. I really am for my six. Sorry, Sorry man. <laughs> Oh, right. <clears throat> Thank you for your time, brother. It's been brilliant. Where can the fans and the listeners find you on social media? Um, so I'm on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, all Tommy Jackson PW. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping to uh, get a few more follows and likes soon. Um, no, but, yeah, no, I'll be annoying and I'll plug <laughs> the shit out of this episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, it's awesome, man. It's been an absolute blast. I've genuinely been laughing and cracking up. I've had some water and 
Oh God, Lineker or Wanker. But no. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. So there's gonna be some Lineker fans like fuck off, fuck your podcast. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> joking. Thank you, everyone. That's listened to this episode. It's been an absolute blast. There's gonna be more episodes of what you call it podcast coming out next week. But for everyone that has listened to this episode, I want you all to have a brilliant weekend and I want Arsenal to get three points against Chelsea. But wishful thinking. Take care, everyone. Hello, everyone. I've got a special announcement for my next guest. This is the violent gentleman, Tommy Jackson. You've been listening to what you call it. You heard. <laughs>